Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Hello, I'm Jerry. Welcome to Episode 8. Today's focus is, My Wife is Depressed, Sex, the Uncomfortable Answer. So, sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical, coming at you now. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day. While helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. This is episode eight. Bam. So let's do this. The quote of the day goes, quote, Marriage founded on sex, passion alone, lasts only as long as the animal passion lasts. Within two years, the animal attraction for the other may die. And when it does, law comes to its rescue. To justify the divorce with the meaningless words, incompatibility or mental torture. Animals never have recourse to law courts because they have no will to love. But man, having reason, feels the need of justifying his irrational behavior when he does wrong. End quote. Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, Book 3, To Get Married. Please remember to share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email today. So now it's time for the Catholic Alpha Radical Rant of the Day. And it's titled, The Cowardice of Men, the Top 21 Reasons Men Have Caused the 2018 Scandal in the Catholic Church and Why We're Not Going to Take It Anymore. So before I start again, this will be a 21 episode series, one per show. We are now up to number eight. Also understand that the infiltration by the Catholic Church with homosexuality and radical feminism, plus the watering down of the faith and the stripping away of the Latin mass was planned in order to destroy the morality of those within the church, priests and laity, and is not the teaching of the Catholic Church. Why was this done? In order to destroy America's morality? which comes through God, the Catholic Church, in order to destroy America's family, which was ruined by feminism, and to destroy our patriotism, because American patriotism has always been strong. And this was done so that America would be susceptible to communism, communist ideas. And why was this done? Because if they know how, if you can destroy, destroy morality, if you can destroy the family, and if you can destroy a country's patriotism, morality is gone, and they're easy pickings. And it's time that we start understanding that. Many people, um, if you want to get more on that, you can listen to episode two, which I go into depth about. There's also a video with that also. 
And many people also want to bash or leave the Catholic faith because of this current crisis. And that's a big mistake. You don't leave the church for Judas. You don't betray Christ. You stay where he's asking you to. You can't influence or change the church outside the church. If you leave, then who is going to have you? Who's going to have your voice? You change the church by instructing your family, your your environment, your work area and your and the society around you to help to help them understand the Catholic church or cry or Christian faith so that they come to God and they don't abandon God. And it's very important that we begin doing that, that we begin um, um, evangelizing people and, and understanding that the reason you don't leave Christ is because that's what the evil one wants you to do. Now, um, also, we must understand that others are many. There, there are many Judases in the church. There are many people that, you know, they go whatever the wind blows. They're not they're not educated in the faith. They have no loyalty. And it's important that, you know, we do not fall into that because when we do what that does is we allow Satan to infiltrate our life. And if you don't want to call it Satan or sin, you can call it, you know, bad things because <laughs> it all adds up to the same thing. Um, You can't change the church outside the church. Let's move on. So let's get started with number eight of the top 21 reasons that men are responsible for this 2018 crisis. But first, let's review the first seven in the first radical um, in the first Catholic Alpha radical. Number one was refusal to accept our role as men. Number two was we allowed the men in the Catholic Church, popes, cardinals, bishops, priests, deacons to water down the faith and dilute it. Number three was they didn't fight for Christ during Vatican II. Number four, an unwillingness to sacrifice for Christ. Number five, they have nothing they are willing to die for. Number six, they have begun raising soft and selfish boys, a.k.a. wusses. Number seven, they don't understand. We don't understand our mission and purpose as men to protect, defend and serve. God, marriage, wife, children, society at large. And before each number, I will read a quote directly from the document containing Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano's testimonial. And why? This is so that you can understand the gravity of this situation and why people have um, and the and so that you can begin to spread this, you know, so that it doesn't happen again. But when you spread it in your marriage, in your family, in your environment, in your work, you don't just tell a story. You explain why, why be able to explain why it's happening, be able to explain how we have to can't, you know, how, how what's to solve, how to solve the problem. And the way you solve the problem is we must hold the laity deacons and priests that are in front of us on Sundays have hold them responsible for preaching the word the way it needs to be preached. We can't hold back. We can't water it down. We can't dilute the word of God because when you dilute the word of God, which means you hold back the truth and you don't preach what Christ obedience and, 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 and love and justice and mercy and fortitude, hell, heaven, purgatory, um, all these things, um, the four last things, you know, death, judgment, heaven and hell and all the fruit that comes from those kind of preachings. We don't hold them accountable. At least walk up to your priest and ask him, would you please, you know, why isn't he? Why is he holding back? Why is he not telling it, telling the people what they need to hear? And the first thing you're going to hear from a priest when you say that is, well, not everybody's where you are or everybody is, can't take the, the same. It doesn't matter. The, we are where we are today because of this type of thinking. And it's time for us, especially men, don't don't let the women go up and bash the priest. Men go up and ask him, make him accountable. And if you show one thing I know about priests, if you show them that you're behind them, 
that will give them the courage to start to speak the truth of Christ and, and what God is asking of us as men. Okay. Um, so, um, I'll place, like I said, I'll, I'm gonna read this quote and I'll place a link to the full document, um, in the show notes. Quote, in turn, I repeated them to Cardinal McCarrick at my first meeting with him at the Nunciature. The Cardinal, muttering in a barely comprehensible way, admitted that he had perhaps made the mistake of sleeping in the same bed with seminarians at his beach house. But he said this is if it had no importance. The faithful insistently wonder how it was possible for him to be appointed to Washington and as cardinal, and they have every right to know who knew and who covered up his grave misdeeds. It is therefore my duty to reveal what I know about this, beginning with the Roman Curia, end quote. So. Now we have firsthand, we don't, it's not firsthand knowledge, but it is knowledge coming from the source that what he says that Cardinal McCarrick admitted the things that he did, but to him, it was no big deal. And why? Because over Cardinal McCarrick's life, no one has rebuted him. When he says something, no one loved him enough. No one loved him enough. To tell him the truth and tell him where he was leading the souls of his flock, of his people, of his boys, of, of, of men. And when we don't love and that's what true love is, is you have to be willing to sacrifice yourself, your uncomfortableness to let someone know when their acts are incorrect. And no one told McCarrick this. And then, of course, when he did, he got pissed off. And that's the way all men, most men are today. A lot of men are like that today. You, you try to help them and tell them something. And that no matter how charitable you are, how loving you are, how merciful you are, how empathetic you are, they still get pissed. Why? Because truth elicits an emotion. And usually the emotion is anger and defensiveness. And no one told this man that what he was doing was wrong, which why? Because he's around all the people that think like him. And this is why it's time for us to begin anew. Um, Now, realize that these top 21 reasons are in no certain order as they all feed upon one another. So what is the number Eight reason men have caused this crisis in the church. Number eight is we didn't crush feminism. Woohoo. Uh, I'm going to get people going to get on me for this one. But it's, here's the deal. I told my wife the other day that men will do almost anything for sex. She laughed, but it's true. Think about it. Wasn't it King David that sent his soldier to his death because he wanted to have the soldier's wife all to himself? Think of all the things you said over your life to a woman just to get her to like you and do what? In the end, have sex with you. Come on, be honest, be honest. What about Samson? He told Delilah, the secret to his almighty power. Why? To continue to have sex with her. Sex is a powerful motivator for men. And you know what? Women know this instinctively. So what do they do? They set it up to get what they want. The other thing is men will do almost anything to keep peace in their homes. We can't stand it. And when we do that, when we sacrifice our job as men to keep peace in the home, um, the home starts to break down and it's a sin for men not to take the leadership and the spiritual leadership of their home. Um, we can't stand to come home to crazy commotion. So if our wife starts to complain and nag us, our protective mechanism arises and we will do almost anything to please her. Why? To stop the nagging and commotion. So when the feminism movement began, when which is, by the way, 
it wasn't nothing like you see today. The feminist movement didn't start, you know, to have all this, you know, running around and trying to dominate everybody, trying to dominate men, trying to um, not do their their job as a, a true woman. They embraced their femininity and all they really wanted was like the unions. Women really wanted better treatment and civility. And that's really what the feminist movement started out to be. But of course, what happens? The devil gets involved and it it pushed them to go to radical. You know, they went overboard. And now look, the children. What about the children? No one's taking care of them. And then everybody thinks their kid's going to grow up great and their kid doesn't grow up great. The kid grows up getting uh, other girls pregnant or the girl gets pregnant. That's where, it, you know, that's where it starts. It starts, you know, uh, kids t- tell their parents off, talk back to their parents, which is breaking the fourth commandment um, of honor thy mother and father. I mean, we, we just allow our children to do everything because we think they're going to grow up. OK, we don't talk to them. We don't tell our kids the truth. So when the kids grow up, they don't they're not, they're not, not even used to people to being told the truth of the world, of the universe, of God, of the Trinity. They, they're not. And we today, everybody is, you know, uh, older people in their 40s, 50s and 60s and 70s, 80s and 90s. They're all so-called distraught about why are kids growing up like this? They're growing up like this because you didn't do your job when you was raising them. So um, women really want, like I said, women really wanted better treatment and civility, not to abandon their God given talent as wives, mothers and women. And I talked about that. Women, they, they, femininity, feminism really didn't start out for women to leave the home and abandon their job as mother, um, wife, um, and, and the nurture of the home. Just as the unions got greedy, so did women. Why? Because evil never stops until men stop it. Evil never stops till men stop it. Until we stand up and start fighting back the evil in the church, until we stop fighting back the evil within our homes and we start entering the battle daily to protect our homes through prayer, sacrifice and suffering as Christ did, evil won't stop because again, I'm never going to stop saying that there is a supernatural world as well as the natural. And you have to be respectful of the supernatural world because that's where the inner battles fall. Um, so what happened was many which was many men back in the day just let it happen. They just let feminism happen. They didn't fight it. And I can just imagine their thought process. So what if women wanted to vote? You know, this is how men thought back then probably, you know, so what if they wanted to vote? That's cool. Uh, So what if they wanted jobs? So what if they wanted a career? So what if they wanted to get away from the from their children? So what if they didn't want to uh, learn to cook? So what if they started? Man, you know, all the women today that don't cook. It's ridiculous. They can't boil water. They can't cook an egg. Can't cook a piece of fried chicken. (laughs) We marry them. We don't have, you know, (laughs) then you get married and wonder why you got diabetes and you having heart attacks and stuff because your wife don't know how to cook (laughs) because you eat now at McDonald's every night. (laughs) Uh, So what if, um, so what if uh if women if they started focusing on so-called sexual freedom? Yeah, women started focusing on sexual freedom. You know, um they get out, they go out and have sex with anybody they want and they think they're in control. And like me and my wife were talking about today, they ain't, women aren't in control. When you let a man, when when women let allow men to have sex with them, they lose control. The man is in control now. Okay, and then what happens when the man dumps them, then what happens over time is they become their hearts become hardened and it makes the next harder for the next man to love them. Um, So what if women stop wanting to understand how to take care of their husbands? That's another thing with feminism. Women aren't taught how to be ladies anymore. They aren't taught their mothers don't didn't teach them or don't teach them how to take care of a man, Um, how to how to. um how to be a loving wife to a man to, you know, to serve him and to be served so that that man wants to place them on a pedestal and, and, and worship them and, and, and adore them and, and to protect them and serve them. 
See, most women, and then they get mad. Women, the problem with women, feminism has caused them to want to think they can have it all, and they can't have it all, man. They can't have it all. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You just can't. Why can't you? Because women aren't made for physical and a lot of mental labor, okay? Especially physical labor. So what happens? A woman, let's say she has a career, no matter what might be. Maybe she's an office manager, or maybe she's a lawyer, or maybe she works in a factory. You know, maybe she, um, whatever outside the home, it doesn't really matter. When a woman works 8, 10, 12 hours a day, she comes home and she's tired. And I've heard a priest say, and not just a priest, I've heard people say, women have just lowered themselves to almost, you know, they were women were once the the pinnacle of society. You know, it's been asked, why would they re- want to replace that with the dirt? I mean, now women are in the dirt. You know, w- what happened? You know, women are carrying like the other day, like well, one of my son's games. This one young cheerleader. She was like 14, 15 years old and she's coming um, from the parking lot and she had to go across the field, the football field, which is like 50 yards in high school, 55 yards, something like that. And so I'm sitting in the stands way, way far away. And this girl has like a 30 or 40 gallon cooler that she's carrying and strapped to her. Um, she's has a, uh, this huge, um, um, bucket thing strapped to her cart that she's pulling along wrapped around her waist. And when she first started, she looked all cool, you know, but then when she, when she walked about 20, 30 yards, you could tell she was completely exhausted. And she walked around the track. So really means she went further than the 50 yards. And then she started outside in the parking lot. Do you know how many men and boys that that girl, that little girl passed to get to her, to her, to her cheerleading duties on the other side of the field? I'm going to tell you, is at least 30 or 40. Not one boy, not one man that was, I'm talking about not far like I was, like way in the stands. I'm talking about along the fence, along the track as she went. And it was obvious the little girl was tired. Not one man offered to help them. Not one, help her, not one. And that's that's a great story of where women have come. A man used to want to, to to help them to to not let them do anything laborious that would hurt them, that could harm them. Why? Because instinctively, men know that women aren't made for that kind of labor. Why? Because it wears them out prematurely. It wears out their body. It wears out their mind. When a woman works 12, uh, 8, 10, 12 hours a day, especially in a physical job, she comes home. She didn't want to take care of no kids. She don't want to cook any kind of dinner. She don't want to nurture anybody. She don't want to take care of her husband, let alone have uh, the marital embrace with him. Women have abandoned the home, which what? Abandoned their marriage and abandoned their children. And again, I ask, who loves the children? Now, so... Also, so what back in the day when feminism started? So what if they wanted to stop sacrificing their lives for the nurturing, raising and education of their children? So what if women don't want to, um, you know, sacrifice for anything? They want to do what they want to do. The way a woman sacrifices, not like a man sacrifices. A man is meant, a woman is meant to sacrifice. A man is meant to sacrifice by he's held responsible for his marriage, his family society the earth at large we are with that which means we are called to suffer and sacrifice like christ to give our way our life away every day for for christ and for our wife and for our children but mainly for our marriage we need to put that up forefront and so we are here responsible and anybody that has had any kind of leadership responsibility you understand how taxing being a good leader is so women, how but how are women, women aren't tasked with that. What are women tasked with? Women are tasked with the raising and nurturing of children through the help of their husband. That is their sacrifice. That is a woman's sacrifice. Her sacrifice is bringing 
sacrificing her life, her career, her whatever her wants and desires are for that of her children and her husband. Why? Because without the mother in the home, just as with the father, kids are grown up and they are disordered. They are disformed. Everybody's taking medications. Everybody's going to psychiatrists and nobody's going to confession. Everybody's taking all these pills and stuff and it's killing them and it's, it's, it's making them disordered and making them even more disordered than, than 50, 60 or 100 years ago. It's important when women don't sacrifice and give their life, just as with men, the family and marriage fall. And when that happens, the evil one sets in. Okay, next. So what if they want to start taking birth control? So what comes with that with feminism is women don't want they want to take birth control. They don't want to have kids. Kids are a bother. You know, and really women don't really feel that way. They're going along with the crowd. You know, it's easy to not have children. It's easy not to sacrifice. It's easy not to understand that life is a test for you as a woman. Will you be obedient? Will you follow God? Can you get your help your husband get your family to heaven? Can you can you pray for your your boyfriend? Can you lead him to holiness? Can you lead him to want to marry you without trying to dominate him? Because, you know, he, he you're a feminist. You're a feminazi. Also, so what if women wanted to want divorces without any cause? Yeah, women go. They want to divorce. They husband. now we're not. Now, look, we're not talking about uh, we're not talking about uh, men today. We're talking about women today on the Catholic Alpha Radical show. Okay, we're talking about women and women. They go and get divorced from their husband, too. Most of the time, I know it's a lot of the men, but a lot of times it's the women's fault. Well, the woman's fault because she's not controlling herself. She's not sacrificing. She's not serving. And when that happens, you drive your man away. If your man, if, if you're a woman and your your husband or your boyfriend ceases to want to spend time with you, you have a serious problem. If he's doing everything he can to stay away from you, you have a serious problem. Your marriage is on its way out. Your relationship with your boyfriend is on its way out. And that's the truth. No, you can't control a man. No man wants to be dominated, especially by a woman. Why? Because instinctually, that is not the way the natural order is set up. And every time, if you notice, every time a mar- someone in their marriage or a, a, in, a, in a relationship, people go above or go beyond the natural law of the Ten Commandments, you know, um, then what happens? Problems start, you know, just like when you have sex outside of marriage, which is what? Adultery. Commandment number six. You know, you have sex outside of marriage. What happens? You have a baby. Then what does what string does that bring? That's, that brings home single motherhood. Because look, once you have a baby, most dudes, they out of there because they were selfish in the first place. That's why we don't as a woman, you don't give women. You shouldn't give yourselves away to a man, because once you do, he he now doesn't see the urgency to do right by you. Next. So what if they wanted to abort their babies without you even knowing it? I might add. Yeah. Today you get an abortion. Women, a woman can get an abortion and she ain't got to tell the husband. I mean, the or the husband. Yeah, that's right. She had to tell the husband or the boyfriend. Why? Because it's her body. Complete selfishness, complete and utter selfishness of killing a baby for convenience. That's enough said on that. Um, why? Because men know how women really are. They will use their power of denying him sex or some other punishment that she knows will really get to him so that he will get what he wants. Women are so damn powerful and it's a shame that they don't realize their true strength and it's not kicking some dude's butt in a movie either i'm not talking about that kind of strength that's that's the strength for a man it's guiding and helping her husband her boyfriend her mate get them and their family to heaven if a woman is single her job is to find a man that she can marry that that should be the goal. That's why dating is for sex. 
um, if, if, if a person is courting, that means she's trying to find the man that will help her, that will encourage her, them to get married and to build a life together, to create great children, to create a great marriage and to create saints. They don't understand that just as for a man, this life is a test. Women don't understand that this life's a test as this is for a man. Um, the test is, will she be a true woman and sacrifice her career? Her wants, her desires for the molding, education, love of God, her husband and her children. Think about what I just said. If you see a woman and from the time she's 18, she's been she's these days, she's been forced and molded to get a career, to forget about a man. If a man comes along, that's great. If he don't, he don't. And guess what happens? They keep that mentality all the way up until they're 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old. And then you look up, you might have a kid or two. You might look up and a man asks you to marry him. But what happens most of the time? Then, you know, those little, that little one kid that you didn't have with a man around, then you're in a nursing home by yourself. Nobody comes to visit you. You get sick. Nobody's there but a nurse or something. You spend your elderly years in your life. That's why people these days put their parents in in nursing homes, because the way the kids were raised to be selfish, to only consider their things. Now, kids seem to forget when their parents get 60, 70, 80 years old that their parents wiped their butt when they was a kid. And that is their responsibility to take care of their parents when their parents are older. Why? Because your parents took care of you. That is not in the culture today. Why? Because of selfishness, because there's no God around, because of feminism, which is what the communists wanted to do to infiltrate and tear down the family. It worked, hasn't it? Think about what I'm saying. Um, many men tried to resist and fight feminism, but it spread because just as with everything Satan presents at first, it sounds good, logical and true. But let's look at how great feminism truly is, especially radical, crazy feminism. Now, women look now women age much faster. Their beauty fades much quicker. Why? Because of all the different sexual partners. When you have when a woman has it's not like a man. When a woman has a lot of sexual partners and stuff, it wears her down physically and mentally and spiritually. It harms her soul. That's why God, why are we saying God is asking you to wait until you're married to have sex? Because God understands the pain, the sorrow, the misery a woman goes to when she allows a man to infiltrate her body and she gives it away. Please understand what I'm saying, man. Come on. Um, also, which destroys them emotionally and psychologically. They have too much responsibility. Women have too much responsibility, which weighs heavily on them physically, emotionally and spiritually. Again, women are not supposed to have tons and tons of responsibility. If you ever see a woman at your job that has a lot of responsibility. Yes, yeah, sure. She tries to put on makeup in the morning, tries to fix her hair and stuff. But in offices, especially, I see women come to work and most of them look bad. They look not bad. as like as like as far as like attractiveness i mean they look bad like they're totally wore down that they're totally you know that they're tired and exhausted why because women are not meant for this kind of work okay next they are completely wore down now that they have assumed the role as the man of the house and head of society they are completely miserable i heard a priest say women if you look at a feminist they're they're miserable Feminazis are miserable because they're trying to do something that they're not. They're trying to be a man, they're trying to walk like a man, talk like a man, raise their voice like a man. And men really don't respect them like that. Men respect women. They respect femininity. Why? Because we're ordered that way. God ordered us that way. Of course, they all try and deny it, but we all know it's true. Why? Because they're always trying to get men to do something to help them. If you a real woman, if you a real if you a real man and you're a woman trying to be a man, why are you asking, you know, if you're so happy and everything, why are you always trying to get me to do stuff? You want them to buy you flowers still. You want them to to um 
You want them to have good sex with you still. You want them to, to take care. You know, you want them to have money and, and, and give you things still. You want them to do your bidding still. If you self-sufficient, hey, you don't need anything from a man. And that's not true. We all know it's a lie. And women, feminists know it's a lie too. And men know it's a lie too. But what they don't know is men will continue to do nothing as long as they keep trying to dominate him and society. Why? It's called the curse of Eve. During the fall, Eve tried to manipulate and control Adam by eating the apple and then coming him into eating it, which displeased God. So Eve ate the apple. Then she felt bad. So she conned Adam into doing the same thing. Basically, Adam didn't man up and maintain his duty and God given right as head of the household, everything in this realm. He became emasculated and effeminate. Um, so after the fall, God punished Adam by making it almost impossible for him to satisfy and please his wife, which is why you get the curse of Eve. This also made it harder for her to submit her will to God, which and also made it harder for her to submit herself to Adam's authority. Remember, authority, the natural law is God first, husband, wife, children. And it's like that for real. And that's the reason it's like that is because God set it up like that for the protection of the children and the protection of the woman. Why? Because she's physically she's physically not as strong as a man and she needs protection and not just protection. The way her emotions are set up for nurturing for children, she her emotions and her 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 um her psychological um her psychological self needs protection. That's why it used to be in the olden days, fathers would not let other men near their daughters. Why? Because women are can be easily manipulated sometimes into doing into giving their bodies away, into um, uh, giving their gift away, and not and and not protecting themselves. And their ears and their emotions can sometimes get them to do things that that are not as logical when 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 they think a man loves them. This also made it harder for her to submit her will to God, like I said, which is in embracing the natural order of God. This is why when women try and control men, they rebel. And this is why women will never truly be happy and fulfilled until they submit to their husbands. And ultimately, God, the reason men have a, have authority of the role, because that is the way God wanted them to have it, not to demean women. That's why I always say Women are our are our helpmates. They are our guides. Women, they guide us and inch us along because when we love and adore and cherish our wife, we listen to them. We take their counsel. We treat them like a human person. And when men when men do not follow Christ, what happens is they start to do their own thing. And then men start to lead their families and their wife and their marriage towards Satan and bad and evil, which is why bad things happen in your marriage and in your home instead of toward holiness, God and the Trinity and good. This is exactly what's happened to not just the Catholic church, but in most, if not all Christian religions, the church is a bag of emotional crying, slobbery in charge women, which does what help, Rebel the men and they want nothing to do with Christ. Why? Because men aren't stupid. They see they really don't aren't needed and welcomed in the church today. In most every church, we when you go to a church, most of the men, they don't do nothing. There's not many men there in the Catholic church as well, because when when you put women in charge, when women take do like I, when women start doing too much and not making men stand up by what? opening the door for them by making men do all the heavy lifting by making men um, um, lead ministries and lead and, and start things by not making men go to work. When, when women start doing all these things, the men instinctively start to say, well, she, we don't, she don't need me. They don't need me. I go somewhere else. And that's why men are always trying to go fishing and hunting and watch sports and getting away from their wives and their girlfriends. Because women, you have to be a lady and allow your man to be a man. And when you don't do that, society suffers. 
Look at the boys. Look at all the wuss boys. Look at all the girls that can't choose a man. They don't know what a real man is and how to choose one and how to make him happy and how to serve him. Enough said. I ain't got to have no documents on that. Just look outside your door. And when men sense this, they become completely lazy and aloof. Why? Because they feel who needs them, which I've already said. Uh, the women have it all under control. That's how men think. Well, they don't. She doesn't need me. They have it all under control. But of course, women don't have it all control because look at society. Women have been leading society for uh, 60, 70, 80 years now. Look at it. We're killing millions of babies. We got over 50 percent divorce and taking contraception. You know, women and everything's emotional and slobbery. All everybody. No one thinks in logic these days. Everybody thinks in emotion when when it comes to Christ. Everybody thinks on emotion instead of logic. You know, we have to understand love of Christ is not about emotion. It's about logic. It's about an act of the will. You love with your will. You don't love with emotion. When you love with emotion, today, emotions are fleeting. Today, you might love your your husband, but tomorrow you might not love him. Today, you love Christ. You might not love Christ. That's why it's important that you have commitment and perseverance, and discipline and your will and logic, because logic will tell you, I can't leave my wife. I can't leave my children. I can't abandon my family. I can't abandon Christ and go to some other church when the Catholic church is the number is the is the, is the real church is the church. Christ left uh, left in charge and left Peter in charge, which Peter's name means rock. And upon my upon this rock, I will build my church. What Christ told him, because Christ is the ultimate rock of the universe. So he named Peter the small rock because small rock is the um, small rock is a piece of the larger whole. Okay, I'm I'm sorry I went off for a second. <laughs> so, but of course they don't. And the leaders of the Catholic Church, priests, bishops, etc., have fallen right in line. They hate any kind of commotion in the church. If you look at priests these days, they don't want any kind of commotion. They don't want to deal with any kind of problems. They don't want anybody coming to them bitching and nothing. They don't want to handle anything. That's why they don't preach in the pulpit. They don't preach like a lion and tell the complete truth every Sunday. They don't preach on homosexuality. They don't preach on abortion, contraception. They don't preach on you, you better come to mass every Sunday or you, go, or you can go to hell. They don't even preach on hell. They don't preach on heaven. OK, so what do they do when people, especially women, complain the priests cave in because they don't want the commotion? They don't want all the craziness going on in their parish. But what they don't understand is when they don't address the problem, it gets worse. People leave the church. They're going to leave the church when we don't preach the, the, the truth of God, the exact truth, the dogma of the church, the discipline of the church. OK. The doctrine of the church. So God once again has pulled back his grace and made the church more unruly, more susceptible to evil. Why? Because until men man up and assume their proper roles, which will compel women to take their proper roles, the church will continue to suffer greatly. You have to understand when men don't take their roles, women don't take their roles. When women don't do their roles, men don't do their roles. And it, everything becomes chaotic. The family becomes chaotic. Your children become chaotic. Your marriage, your relationship with your husband, I mean, with your boyfriend or your girlfriend comes chaotic. You know, society comes chaotic. The church becomes chaotic because everybody is completely selfish and dependent on themselves. OK. Um, which in turn, this all trickles down to the inner depths of society. When the church, when the men in the church don't do their responsibility, it starts to trickle down to society. And this is why we have degenerates, a degenerate society. No one, everybody has their own truth. Nobody believes in anything but themselves, basically their God. And whatever you, if you can't convince them, your job, if, if you talk to a person, a man or a woman, especially a man, they look at it, look, you got to convince me that the truth is the truth, whatever. And then if they don't agree with it, they get pissed off and say, that's well, that's your truth. That's not what I feel. Just complete craziness and ignorance. Um, causing when this is, what this does is it causes more chaos of immorality, evil infiltration, destruction and mayhem. This is only the beginning. And my last question is, as it always is, what happens to the least of our society? 
when adults basically only consider their own selfish wants and desires. Kids grow up selfish and disordered adults, which I've already spoke of, which impedes holiness and virtue. Millions of baby are, babies are aborted for the mere sake of convenience. Families are broken up through selfish divorce. But hey, of course, the kids will be all right, right? Like I talked like before. Don't worry if you get divorced or not. Your kid going to be all right. No, he's not. He's going to grow up resenting you. He's going to grow up resenting his brothers and sisters. He's going to grow up resent. He's going to grow up resenting authority. He's going to. So which means what? If you if there if there is not a good father in a boy's life or a girl's life, then what happens is they disrespect God. They don't they don't look at God as their father. They look at God as this tyrant. OK, all these things, these 21 things. That call that men have caused in the church, they all build up on each other. It's just not one thing. Families are broken up through selfish divorce. But hey, like I said, of course, the kids would be all right. And also God, which is the ultimate truth, morality is dismissed and evil is given free reign. You have to choose either you're going to choose good or you're going to choose bad. You're going to choose God or you're going to choose evil. You're going to go choose Christ. You're going to choose Satan. There ain't in between because when you're in between, you'll fall for anything. Brother. Please man up, fellas, please man up. Assume your roles. A being a being to God is not a crutch. It's freedom. Okay. So. What do you think? Send your questions to radicalquestions at catholicalpha.com. Radicalquestions at catholicalpha.com. Please remember to share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email today. Our next and final segment is the question of the day. Now, we only got a few minutes to cover this because I went a little longer the other segments, but I was going to skip this, but I'm not going to do it because these are things you need to know. Now, look, what we can really talk about, if you got kids in the room, you probably need to not let them hear this. Um, if you got people in the room that's, that's loud, you know, it's we're going to talk about sex and that's going to be godly and it's going to be a little, you know, we're talking about orgasms and stuff because that's what the question is. And so I, I'm going to answer the question. So what we need to do is if somebody's in there, it's real screaming, you know, they have a disorder with sex. They have the sex makes them all squeamish and talking about it and stuff, especially if you have children in there that are, you know, 17 and below, you know, you might want to, you know, get them out the room and not let them hear it. So question of the day, we will call her Gloria. Her question is. You mentioned the women, you, you mentioned the woman having the opportunity to have multiple orgasms before the man. Is it also licit to have them after the man multiple times? Now, this is a woman who has read my blog and listened to the show, and she wants to know um, about orgasms and, and stuff like that. Okay. Now, look, you got to include God in your marriage. Okay, if you're not married, you shouldn't be having sex because of the things I talked about before. But when you are married, God doesn't really involve himself in the sex act unless it really starts interfering with with creation um, and stuff and putting things where they're not supposed to go because it's a disorder and and it harms the souls of the participants. So her question again is. You mentioned the woman having the opportunity to have multiple orgasms before the man. Is it also listed to have them after the man multiple times? So my answer to her is 
It's important that you understand orgasms for women are extremely important, even more so than men. Why? It has to do with psychological and emotional benefits. According to St. Pope John Paul II, it disrespects a woman as a human person when their husband fails to provide them with at least one orgasm during the marital embrace. Now, look, you have to understand we think men think that orgasms are more climaxes are more important for us than women. And it's not. Women require orgasms and climaxes to ask for fulfillment. And a, and a sense of security from her love, her, 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 her husband. What that does is when you sacrifice yourself in the bedroom, what that by holding, withholding your ejaculation before she has a chance to come at least one time, you're sacrificing for her. So you didn't know that, did you? You didn't realize that you withholding your um, ejaculation from your wife while she has as many as she can. While she uh, indulges as many, in as many as she can, you didn't realize that you are suffering and sacrificing for her. How is that? Because you're putting her wants and desires above yours. Okay. So when you do that, your wife instinctually understands that you truly love her. You are without words because men do a lot of talking sometimes don't mean nothing. See, acts is what would mean something. So when you put yourself, your wants, desires um, above your wife's, she thinks, well, he don't love me. You know, you make love with your wife, then you, you know, you have an orgasm and then you turn over and go to sleep and she's up watching TV. Who got served there? Remember, man, defend, protect, and serve. Your job is to serve your wife. This is why you include God in your bedroom. Because if you have Christ in your bedroom and you pray before you make love or you pray after or, or during or whatever, you know, you're asking for graces to, for God to bless your your marriage, to bless your union with your wife and your beloved. You're asking God to to, to give you the grace to serve your beloved wife. To satisfy and fulfill her. That's why orgasms for a woman is way more important for a dude. It's an emotional, a spiritual, and a psychological thing. Okay? Next, a wife can only have... So, I'm going to say the question again. You mentioned the women having the opportunity to have multiple orgasms before the man. It is, is it also listed to have them after the man, after, after the man multiple times? My answer again, uh, my next answer, part of the answer is a wife can only have multiple orgasms, meaning two to 30 or more. If one in one lovemaking session, if her husband has her complete interest at heart and completely ignores his wants and desires, this requires complete loss of ego and own and his own selfishness. Orgasms for a woman, like I said, is important. And this is why the Catholic Alpha Radical, we try to teach you that you have to learn how to withhold your pleasures and desires for that of your of your wife. If she's when you first start uh, making love and trying to give your wife multiple orgasms, depending on her inhibitions, it might be 10, 20 or 30 orgasms. And I know this is this is not how Catholics usually talk. But man, I'm trying to get you, you know, the art, the, the ma making love mastery is part of the deal. Okay. You have to learn how to satisfy your wife. You have to learn what she needs because women will go out and mess around with you. You will have marriage problems. Things will happen, will go bad. Your marriage will break down. And this is why I always say, and a lot of people, you know, all the uptight people that don't really understand what marriage is really about. They'll say, well, you can't be talking about sex like that. They're hypocrites, dude. They're hypocrites. Sex is the second most important thing you can do in your marriage besides prayer and God. You know why? Because if you are making love to your wife and satisfying, fulfilling her completely as a woman, dude, she is she that's what builds closeness in your marriage. She will submit. 
She would she would be your helpmate. She will support you in everything you do. The marital embrace is one of the things that that um that makes this move along. And as a man, if all you're doing is getting on top of your wife and, you know, getting your pleasures, you know, and then moving on or every now and then, you know, you give her some good pleasure, whatever this is this. That's not that's not making love, dude. It's not. You can have a baby that way. And sure, according to the Catholic faith, according to Christ, your wife can't turn you down for sex and she can't turn you down for sex. It's a mortal sin if you do. But let me ask you this. Who in the heck's? Wants to have sex because it's their duty all the time. You know, sometimes you want to, as a woman, she wants to have sex because she wants to make love, true love to you. Because why? She feels close to you. And if all you're doing is satisfying your wants and desires and she's second, she's second, you're going to have problems, dude. You're going to have problems. Okay? You never... When you are making love with your wife, you never, ever, ever, ever say to yourself, think about yourself. It's you take your ego and put it to the side and you only focus and concentrate on her. And when you do that, you're serving her. You're loving her the way she's asking. You're loving her the way she needs. And, and God smiles on that. Because it takes three to make love, dude. That's why Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen make wrote his book back in the 50s called three to three to make love you know it takes three dude it takes three you your wife and god and when you put your your wants and desires and needs above your wife you are letting your ego in, interject itself into your bedroom and god's gonna leave okay so um Next, I'm going to read the question again. You mentioned the woman having the opportunity to have multiple orgasms before the man. Is it also listed to have them after the man multiple times? Next, so my next answer phase of that answer is, I'm sorry to say, but your husband having the ability to give you the gift of multiple orgasms after his first is very rare and unlikely unless he is 18 to say 25 years old. Then his vitality is really high. After that age, especially if over 40, he must hold back his complete satisfaction in lieu of yours above all else. This means he must not ejaculate before you have reached complete and total satisfaction, which depending on your inhibitions, the pain, in, which means inhibitions means the pain in your life, how many sex partners you've had. And the walls you've built up over the years could be as much as 20 or 30 or more. Okay, you got to understand, man, this is why I tell you that orgasms are very important to women, more way more important than you. And like I was saying earlier in the show, when you as a man sleep with a woman and you're not married to her and then you dump her and move on because you if you don't. Marry, okay, there's only two things that can happen. When you sleep with a woman, either you're going to marry her or you're going to dump her. That's the inevitable. One of those two. If you don't marry her, you're going to destroy her soul. She's going to build up these walls and she's going to create, which is going to be inhibitions. So when the next man comes along, she is going to, you know how he's going to have to, how much he's going to have to work to get close to her and next to her because she learned women learn most of them anyway. Some of them, they, they don't, but most of them do. They ain't stupid. And so when when so when I say a woman might need 20, 10, 20 or 30 or more orgasms, that means that you she is she needs those for fulfillment. And this is showing her that you love her completely and you're all in. You are completely sacrificing yourself for her desires. Now, over time, she won't need as many. But when she has all these inhibitions and she has walls built up over, you know, from the pain in her life, maybe her mom, dad at an early age, maybe uh, men, a lot of men have used her and abused her. Maybe she had an abortion. She has all this pain and you need the help of God, which is confession to, to help with these things. But she also needs the love of her soulmate, which is you. 
And the way you do that, the way you show your wife that you completely love her will be there for the test of time forever is you love her the way she needs. You prove to her that you love her above all things. And that is sacrifice. And the only way, the main way you do that is through prayer and sacrifice to God. And the second way you do that is in the bedroom by giving that, by showing her that you are putting her needs, her wants, her desires above yours. And you do that by not ejaculating all over the place, by you holding on and controlling yourself, just like in regular life. You control your anger. You have to control your anger. You have to control your passions. Men's job throughout our whole life is to control our passions and our desires and our inhibitions and to control control everything we have to control our everything why so we can serve others moving on so when a man orgasms it basically consumes 50 times more energy than when a woman orgasms in short a woman's orgasm cost her an energy 150th that of a man so what i'm saying is when this is why I was saying that when a man, especially when he gets over 40, he can't be ejaculating every time he's with a woman. With his wife, I mean, he can't because why you're going to start developing um, impotence, which means what? You're not going to be able to, you know, maintain an erection because your hormones are gone. OK, these people in these doctor's offices in this society trying to tell you to take all these pills and stuff. You don't need that, man. First of all, pills have toxins in them. If somebody's giving you hormones, that's a toxic dude. You're going to destroy your body. What you have to do is learn how to control yourself. Okay. And when you, when you ejaculate the woman, when she, when she, when she comes or has a climax, the energy that she expends is one fiftieth of the time that you do. That's why when a man ejaculates, he rolls over and goes to sleep because it's like an atomic bomb just went off and all of his soul and being and energy just went into that lovemaking session. And that's why if you don't give your woman the equivalent, which depending, like I said, on the pain in her life. And the wall she's built up, if you let's say, let's just keep it simple and say 20, you don't give her 20 climaxes, which is, we'll say is the equivalent of your one, you're going to turn over and go to sleep and she's going to still be up, you know, all this energy watching TV and stuff. Because she, you have not satisfied her. If you make love to you, this is the, listen, this is the proof, okay? This is the serious proof in the pudding right here. If you fall asleep, if you make love with your wife and afterwards you fall asleep and she's still up, you didn't do your job. Enough of that. Okay. This is what I mean when I say it is almost impossible for a man to give you multiple orgasms, especially if he's over 40, unless he resists the urge to ejaculate. Okay. Now, the last part of her question, is it also listed to have them after the man multiple times? Now, look. What she's asking is, can I masturbate with myself with my husband after my husband leaves the room? And I'm going to tell you the answer is completely no. Why? Because masturbation is complete selfishness. Okay. When the husband. So love is meant to be shared. That's why God frowns on masturbation. And what does masturbation do? It interferes in what? Like I said before, it interferes in creation. It interferes in creation. So when if that's why you as the man, you have to serve your wife. If your wife is still wanting to have orgasms when you leave the room in the session, the lovemaking session is over. There is a problem. That means you didn't do your job. That means you served yourself over her. And so when you, once you leave the act, it's illicit for her to have multiple orgasms to, to pleasure herself when you're not there. Now, when you are there, a woman can can bring herself. It, it's OK morally for her to bring herself to orgasm with you still participating or you can use your hand or whatever you need to do 
to bring her to climax so that she's has a, has at least has her one orgasm. Okay. But this is why it's an, it's illicit for men to masturbate without their wife in the, sh- without their wife in the room because it's selfishness. And when you, that's why you have dudes that master these young boys and men that 20, 30s, 40s and 50 that are masturbating. And then later on in life, they can't maintain an erection because they have, what they've done is they have, you know, complete selfishness and masturbation and they've spent all their hormones. And now when they really need to make love, they have a, they have a psychological block in their brain. They can't make love to a woman really now. Okay. I'm not going to go into that anymore. Time is up. And, um, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I want to explain it to her and explain it to you and let you know that women take this stuff serious, man. This is a woman. Now, this is me. This is a woman emailing me, asking me a question about making love, about the Maryland embrace. So that lets you know what I just said is serious stuff. And if you think you're going to get away with it by not satisfying your wife over over years and decades, man, you got another thing coming, dude. The most important thing in your life, in your marriage is prayer to God, sacrifice and suffering. And the second most important thing in you is the marital embrace because it builds closeness with your wife. It makes her understand that you love her, that you're in all in. Okay. Bam. So now in conclusion, as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, quote, Society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you, Christian soldier, for listening in today. Remember, Catholic Alpha Radical is designed to repair, ignite, and once again spark the fire back into your marriage or relationship. So, what's your next action step? One, share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Two, rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Three, subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email now.